I'm Jessie Aredia, and you're listening to Soul Care for the New Mom, a podcast designed with new moms in mind, where we talk about what it looks like to thrive in motherhood as the free, confident, joy-filled women God has called us to be. so excited about being in 2020. I'm excited about this new season of the podcast. I'm excited about the fact that my girls are enjoying their first day of preschool today. If you are listening to this episode on the day that it airs, my girls are starting their first day at a new preschool. It's it's a big deal for me. It's kind of like a milestone for me as a stay-at-home mom, but I am really excited about this upcoming season. I'm so excited about the fact that the doors are now open for my three-month mom-empowered coaching program, and they will be open until the 10th. So here's what I'll go ahead and tell you. There's a lot of information about my coaching program on my website, soulcareforthenewmom.com. I post a lot about it on my Instagram at Soul Care for the New Mom. Um, and here's what I want you to do if you are thinking, okay, you know, this might be the right time for me to get a little bit of extra support, for me to get those tools, get those strategies that I might be lacking when it comes to beating my overwhelm, beating my anxiety, getting over my anger, even then I want you to come check out Mom Empowered. I really do believe that this can be a powerful program for you, that this can be life-changing. And it's just so fun for me as a coach to see the transformation that takes place in women's lives when they work with me. So if you are interested or if you have any questions, you can visit my website. You can fill out a free clarity call form. And this just enables us to set up a free 20-minute call between us. Or you can feel free to... DM me on Instagram or send me an email at any time. But don't forget that the doors are open now until January 10th. That's just a few days from now. I really don't want you to miss out on the chance to start working with me this month. And again, we'll be working together for three months. And I'm telling you guys, this is an amazing way to start off the new year. Okay, let's dive into today's episode. And if you enjoy today's episode, please, please, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes if you haven't already and take a screenshot of you listening to the episode and tag me um, at Soul Care for the New Mom on Instagram. I love to see you guys um, posting about my podcast and your stories and your Instagram posts. It always is just so fun for me and I love sharing them. So let's dive into today's episode, the five daily practices for for the empowered mom. And here's what I'll start off by saying. When you become empowered as a mom, that is when you are free to truly enjoy being a mom. And I know that I've said this before, but it really is one of my favorite things to say because I've seen it to be true in my own life, but I'm also seeing it be true in my clients' lives. There really is so much power in being empowered, which I know is a funny thing to say in this, you know, this whole idea of empowerment, this word empowered is even an odd word to use. I actually just recently saw somebody post something on Instagram about how us as believers should maybe stop using the word empowerment, either because it's not biblical or it's not what Jesus taught. And, and yes, like I both agree and 
disagree. I do agree that the word empowerment in the way that a lot of the world uses it isn't all that biblical. It's very, if you can dream it, you can do it. It's very, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, make your own destiny. And that doesn't leave a lot of room for the things that Jesus modeled for us, like humility, laying down your life, being a servant of God. But empowerment in the biblical sense, because there is a biblical sense, regardless of whether the word empowerment specifically is used in scripture or not, this biblical sense of empowerment is more so about walking in the power that has already been given to us as believers by God for God. And this is about rising to the occasion, rising up to step into God's calling for our lives. And not so that we can fulfill what is just our will, but so that we can fulfill his will for our lives. It's about walking in the freedom that Jesus has already won for us and fully using the ability he's given us to resist sin and pursue godliness even. One of my favorite passages in scripture is 2 Peter chapter 1, especially verse 3, and it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness everything we need for a godly life. I remember hearing this verse for the very first time when we were sitting in church a couple years ago and I remember finally being hit with this realization that I can't blame other things or other people or even the enemy on my lack of kindness toward my husband and my family. And if you've been around for some time, then you probably know that I'm a mom empowerment coach not because I've always been some perfect mom or some perfect wife, but because I've actually been a deeply wounded, unhealthy mom and wife who has struggled with anxiety and rage and control issues and abusive tendencies even for years. And if this hits home for you in any way, then let me tell you, you are in the right place. And today's episode is so fitting, especially as we're stepping into this new year, into 2020, because we are going to be talking about five daily practices that us as moms can benefit from and use to truly walk in empowerment, meaning walk in the freedom and the victory of Jesus. Freedom from anxiety, freedom from anger, freedom from the enemy's lies, freedom from unhealthy patterns in our marriage or in our everyday motherhood. This episode, it's not just to help you it's not just to help set you up to be empowered as a mom. This episode is actually setting you up to enjoy being a mom because I believe that some of you who are listening today are in a season where it's hard to really enjoy being a mom. And I don't say that as someone who's never been there. I say that as someone who's definitely been there. And I want to encourage you. I want to restore some hope for you that it is possible to love and thrive in your messy, busy, unpredictable motherhood journey. But it starts with finding more confidence. It starts with getting over those feelings of powerlessness you might have and really learning what it means to step into this abundant life that Jesus offers us. So let's start with five daily practices that can actually help you do that. Starting with practice one, take your anxious thoughts captive through the practice of declarations. Now, if you want to be fully empowered, if you want to feel that kind of confidence that enables you to fully show up as a mom and wife or step into your gifts and passions and calling, then you've got to learn how to not just identify, but actually 
fight the thoughts and the lies that are most keeping you stuck in place, whether that means stuck in your fear or stuck in your anxiety or stuck in passivity or even stuck in guilt and shame. We all have these thought patterns that are automatically triggered by different situations you know maybe you have a thought pattern that comes up anytime you make a mistake and it sounds like I'm a failure I'm worthless I can't do anything right or maybe whenever you have some tension with your spouse maybe you have a thought pattern of he doesn't care about me he'll never change you know things like that or maybe you have a thought pattern that comes out when things are out of your control or when life gets stressful and and you start to think I have to be perfect. This has to be perfect. I can do it all, be it all, do all the things. And the trouble with these thought patterns is that they're patterns. It's like they're hardwired into our brains. And sometimes we don't even know how to keep them from coming. And yet, in study after study, evidence has shown that negative patterns in our thinking just like these can be broken or replaced when we disrupt them with positive thoughts through various practices. So when we think and when we declare positive thoughts over ourselves, we are training our brain to respond to triggers differently over time. And this doesn't just change our thoughts, it actually changes our behavior. The mom who, you know, is used to lashing out or getting angry anytime she feels out of control is now able to calmly handle her stress. Or the wife who used to beat herself up with these insecure thoughts anytime her husband made a critical comment, now that wife can set boundaries and effectively communicate and continue on with her day without spiraling downward. Our thought life matters because if we can change our thoughts, we can change our life. And this idea of our thoughts mattering and us needing to be able to take our thoughts captive is biblical. It's talked about all throughout scripture. So what does it look like to make this a part of our daily life as a daily practice or a daily habit? Well, for me and for so many others, it looks like speaking declarations over yourself, which is another fancy way of just saying affirmations. But in the way that I teach declarations, I do believe that declarations are much more powerful and personal and effective than a lot of what we see being talked about in culture today. And if you're interested in learning more about, you know, what does it look like to craft these powerful personal declarations for yourself? I go into detail on this and also give 10 already pre-made declarations specifically dealing with anxious thoughts in a free resource that I offer moms called 10 declarations for the anxious mama this is a free pdf you can download at any time by going to my website at soulcarefortheneumom.com forward slash declarations I'll also put in the show notes and I highly recommend this this resource I highly recommend you check it out and try this practice of speaking declarations for yourself because It's not only changed my life, but it's changing my clients' lives. And in fact, there's not a single client that I've worked with who I have not created personal specific declarations with because of how vital it is for being able to move forward in places where it is easy to believe the lies and remain stuck. So this is the first practice, maybe the most important out of the five that I'm sharing today, not because It's the only way to see results, but because it really is a forerunner to so much progress. So much of our transformation has to start in the mind. 
But let's move on to practice number two, another daily habit that us as empowered moms or even just moms who hope to feel empowered, another daily habit that we can do is this practice of creative list making. And notice how I say list making and not journaling. And the reason for this isn't because I don't believe there's value in journaling. I definitely do as an Enneagram 4. I love to journal. I journal all the time. But the truth is that my journaling is for getting my emotions out on paper and that's not where I expect to see the most change or growth. That's what I believe lists are for. And not just a to-do list, but lists that require brain power and creativity and maybe some leading from the spirit. If you are wanting to go from feeling powerless to feeling powerful, if you are wanting to stop feeling this need to fight for control or you want to get out of this habit of blaming everyone and everything for your unhappiness, one of the best first things you can do is pull out a notebook or pull up, even just pull up a memo on your phone and start listing your options. List out your options for every part of your life that is stressful or it's acting as a sort of trigger. List out your options for every problem you're facing in your marriage or problems as a parent. List out your options for anything and everything in your life that is just not working for you right now. And I know that that sounds so simple, but I promise that's one of the best things you can do for yourself. And just to prove my point, I'll give you an example. It's one that I like to use a lot just because it is so relatable and it's about the difference between how I handled my eldest daughter, Tessa, during nap time with how I handled my youngest daughter, James, during her nap time when they were both really little. So just a quick backstory on my journey as a mom. I did struggle with postpartum rage after both of my girls were born. Um, I didn't understand what was going on at the time, but there was this anger that I just constantly felt. And I would have these episodes of yelling and rage and violence, and it was scary to me. And one of the situations where I would most see my postpartum rage come out was during nap time when my eldest, Tessa, when she was four or five months old, And I remember like one day she was, she was getting to the point where she was dropping one of her naps and I loved this nap time because it was during this nap time that I would have my time with God, I would rest, I would drink my coffee, I would just start my morning off on this great foot. I was always so excited about this nap time. But when she was four or five months old, she was at the point where she was dropping that nap and, you know, not really needing it anymore. And instead of adjusting or instead of accepting the reality I fought it I so badly fought it and it resulted in me having these screaming matches with my baby where I'm essentially yelling at her in her face I'm getting angry I'm I'm using I'm using force I'm I'm not being gentle or calm or kind by any means and there was one day in particular where my husband who was working night shift at the time he was asleep in in our bedroom which is adjacent to Tessa's nursery and he had heard me yelling during this time one morning and he came bursting through the door and he says to me whatever you're doing isn't working it's time to try something new and he literally he made me sit down he made me list out my options of how I'm going to spend this nap time because god forbid that I spend another day trying to make this happen when clearly it's not happening And it was that day that I ended up taking Tessa to the park. And what ended up happening is this is where we ended up going every day for almost a year. Every day. Because while we were at the park, I would 
push the stroller around the track and I would listen to worship music and I would pray and I would cry and I would I would just love spending this time with God out in nature and this became my new favorite way to spend my morning this became my new haven something that I loved and looked forward to and I never would have figured that out I never would have enjoyed that if I had kept trying to push something to happen that wasn't going to happen but it all started with me being willing to list out my options and and here is why listing out your options matters it brings you back to reality And the reality is that you do have a say, you do have power, and you are not a victim. Every day you are given so many opportunities to try new things, but first you have to acknowledge that those opportunities exist. I know that our anxiety can oftentimes lie to us and make us feel like we're trapped or we're stuck or there's no way out. But when you intentionally list out your options, you're actually able to speak to that lie and replace it with the truth. So that was just an example of where listing out my options where for I resisted it. I didn't want to believe that I had options. But then once I did, I found so much freedom. Now, when you fast forward to when my youngest, Jamie, was born and she was about the same age of being four or five months old, she was getting to that point where she was skipping her morning nap more and more. She was fighting it and I was starting to get a little bit worked up because we had gotten into this really nice routine. But what happened this time is that I actually knew I came up with a plan. I handled it very well. I handled it with confidence and with calmness and with grace because this time I felt empowered as a woman who knew that she had options. And that's what I want for you. That's what I want for my clients. Many times when my clients come to me with situations where they're feeling anxious or maybe frustrated Oftentimes, I will work with them to list out their options. And an option can be anything from the most obvious thing to something that's quirky or creative or maybe a weird idea, but maybe it might be so crazy it might just work. We'll list out all of the options. And oftentimes, even just in the process of writing out their list, before they even start to try some of these things, I'll often hear that, these women are already feeling better about the situation. They're feeling more confident. They're feeling more sure of themselves. Like maybe they're not some helpless victim after all. And listen, it's not because I invented a solution for them. It's really not. It's because I helped them pull solutions out of themselves. And that is true empowerment right there. So that is daily practice number two. Let's move on to number three. Our daily practice number three, the third practice we can do every day as empowered moms is communicate with confidence. And this can be communicating with your partner, with your toddler, with your parents or your friends or your coworkers. Empowered moms communicate with confidence. They say what they want in a way that is tactful, and wise and coming from a place of security rather than a place of insecurity. Honestly, I think that a lot of the time we don't take enough responsibility for the words that come out of our mouths. We make excuses for our nagging or for our complaining. We sometimes don't even believe that it's possible to do or say anything differently, but 
here's what I know after years of being that angry, controlling wife who was constantly lashing out, constantly complaining, constantly nagging. And here's what I know after years of being that and now having years of being on the other side of having this great communication and this thriving, loving marriage. Here's what I know. It absolutely is possible to hold your tongue and say things with kindness and love. But the easiest way to do that is to start with just communicating with confidence. And I don't mean confidence of, hey, I'm worth a million bucks and everyone needs to treat me like a queen or else. Like that's not what I'm talking about at all. It's this confidence of, I know who I am. I know whose I am. And I know that I've been given the power and ability to conquer temptation in my life, to conquer sin in my life, even in this moment. So maybe communicating with confidence looks like, Sending a text that says, hey babe, I miss you and would love to see you. Could you please head home soon? Instead of sending a text that says, when are you coming home? You're late again. And this this example is actually from a client that I had a session with last month. And I challenged her to find creative ways to get her needs met by her partner. And this is one of the ones we came up with. One of the things she said that I thought was so funny but fitting is that she often feels like she just pokes at the issue when it comes to things like this, like her partner running late or being on this phone too much. And she said it usually ends up not going too well when she pokes at it rather than just deal with it. So this is why coming up with these creative, confident communication ideas, why this was so huge for her. Another example I'm thinking of comes from my episode called The Secret to Disciplining Your Toddler Without Anger. And this episode was from last season of the podcast. And during this episode, I talked about this idea of using questions instead of just these repetitive statements that we as moms tend to use and we get so sick of saying to our kids like, no, it's not snack time. No, you need to be quiet. You're too loud. Your sister's sleeping. Hey, what did I tell you to do? Go put on your shoes. It's it's statements like this that we, we just we sound like a broken record after a while and but when I say that instead of doing that we can actually use questions what I mean is sometimes the best way we can avoid tension while disciplining our kids especially our toddlers is to communicate with confidence in our kids giving them more ownership of their actions and taking some of the weight off of our shoulders when it comes to making them listen So maybe instead of saying, hey, you're being too loud, your sister's napping, which is something that I have had to say in the past because I have had to under two and that is a whole thing in and of itself. But maybe instead of saying that, you might use the question of, hey, what time is it? And you actually train them to know the right answer so that they can get used to saying, oh, it's quiet time. And this obviously works better with older toddlers, three and up, but it's definitely possible to start doing at the age of two. It's it's this call and response type thing. And the reason why doing something like this can be so powerful for us as moms is because, again, it's making them take more ownership of their own discipline and behavior so that hopefully we can ease up on the need to fight for control and get them to listen empowered moms communicate with confidence and I guess another word to tack on to that is creativity empowered moms communicate with confidence and creativity if you can get into this habit of finding more confident and creative ways to express your wants and your needs you will notice a difference in your attitude because all of a sudden you'll realize that so much of your anger or frustration 
is coming from a place of insecurity and fear. And even if you have to fake it until you make it, communicating with confidence is a great way to eliminate those things. Okay, so fourth daily practice. The fourth thing we can do every day in order to feel empowered as a mom is to invest in the things that most nurture our bodies, minds, and souls. These things that most bring us joy. And this can be anything from just spending some quiet time with the Lord to honing in on a craft or a talent you might have to getting a run or a workout in or even just sitting on the floor with your kids in your lap and reading a book together. The point is to do something daily that fills your soul and takes care of yourself in a way that the everyday busyness of life just doesn't. And I know that it's easier to do this in some seasons than others, but I can assure you that if you feel as though you don't have the time or the ability to invest in that kind of self-care right now, something is not working. And this is a this is a situation where you might need to pull out a notebook and start listing out some creative options on this one. I don't say this to make you feel guilty or make you feel like you're not doing enough. I'm saying this to remind you that you may be doing too much of the wrong stuff, that even just a few small adjustments like what time you go to bed or what tasks you delegate to your spouse, even just a few things like that can help you redirect your efforts to what best fills your soul and meets that need that you have. And here's why this matters. Moms who are not tapping into the rest of their identity or are not taking care of their bodies, minds, and souls, they'll eventually grow tired of just being mom. And this is where things like overwhelm and burnout or even resentment can so easily come in. But a mom who is using her power and her gifts and the beautiful mind that she's been given by God to not just fulfill a role in her life, but to fulfill her soul with her life, that mom is better able to avoid things like overwhelm and burnout, especially because she is allowing her priorities and time management to be led by the Holy Spirit who is in and of itself a gift and a source of wisdom and power. That mom is better able to enjoy her daily life as a mom because those needs and desires for more are getting met. And this actually glorifies God well. If Jesus offers us this idea of abundant life, what does it say about him to non-believers if we're choosing to not live in that abundance? If we're living in scarcity and experiencing burnout instead? So if you're thinking right now, well, I would love to invest time into XYZ, but I just don't have the time for it. Or I would love to do something that brings me joy in this way, but it's just too hard right now. I would love to kindly and gently challenge these thoughts by asking, is it your lack of time or the season of your life that's stopping you right now? Or is it just yourself? Is it just yourself? Because it's easy to point fingers and make excuses. It's harder to take ownership. But taking ownership is so worth it because we will not be able to be the fully confident, thriving moms that God is calling each of us to be if we are allowing ourselves to feel like victims. And when it comes to this precious commodity of our time, we do love to play the victim card sometimes, don't we? Oh, I just don't have time. There isn't enough time. What if we were to wake up and start every single day with the belief that we do have a say in what we do with our time and that in fact the way that we steward our time and take care of ourselves will not just reflect on how we value ourselves but on how we value God. 
that's just some food for thought. I know that that's kind of heavy, but let's move on. What is our final daily practice? What is the fifth practice that us as moms can be doing every day to help keep us in this place of confidence and peace and freedom? The fifth practice that we can do is take consistent baby steps in the right direction. Take consistent baby steps. I know that so many of us moms have these goals, these new year resolutions, and that's awesome. I definitely have my own and some, you know, some are personal, some are relational, some are financial, but here's a problem that I see happening and it's not just in women around me, but it actually was a problem that I myself had just a few years ago. It's really easy to make a goal. It is a lot harder to achieve them. And when you are feeling like you're not making the progress you hope to see, you're not seeing the results you expected, or you're feeling so far away from your goals, it is tempting to believe the lie that this goal is either unattainable or just not worth pursuing anymore. And that is not the attitude of an empowered mom. That is the attitude of a mom who's afraid of failure or maybe just afraid of some hard work. And I don't mean that in a negative way, just in that sometimes motherhood does demand so much of us and it is difficult to imagine having the capacity to pursue anything but survival but here's where I want to encourage you it is possible to push through the excuses and the lies it is possible to achieve your goals no matter how big or small but it is not the big bold leaps and these big scary actions that will get you there Usually it's the small, consistent baby steps that you take on a daily basis that add up and accumulate into real results. Now, many of you guys know that 2019 was a big year for me in a lot of different ways, and I started the year off with some really big goals. I wanted to lose 40 pounds, which I did. I wanted my marriage to become richer and sexier than ever, which it did. I wanted to make five figures in my business, which I did not, but I did manage to get about halfway to my goal within the past four months of loan after being redirected and becoming a life coach, which was huge because that is not what I saw for myself at the beginning of this year. I wanted to start the process of adoption, which we also did not do, but now Grant and I are foster parents and we are really thankful that God led us here instead because it is just so much more fitting for us. And here's the deal. As I was working toward my goals, as I was working toward this dream of losing 40 pounds, it all came down to choices. I had to make choices, good choices every single day and I had to keep making them. I had to choose to plan out my meals for the week beforehand so that I would actually stick to my diet. I had to choose to meal prep. I chose to keep track of my macros for a while and this was while I was on the keto diet for a couple of months. I chose to say no to pizza and brownies. I chose to fill myself with vegetables and proteins and I chose to keep going even even when I didn't immediately see the results I wanted to see. Every day I just did the next right thing and in the process I got better at making those choices. What once was hard for me like saying no to brownies which are my one of my favorite desserts what was what once was hard for me just became a no-brainer for me because as I was making these consistent baby steps in the right direction I was building up healthy habits. I had basically changed my lifestyle to the point where even after I wasn't hardcore chasing after weight loss even after you know I was done with the keto diet my weight loss was still happening 
I lost 15 pounds while I, while I was on the keto diet for two months at the beginning of the year, and then I continued to steadily lose over the course of the other 10 months. And now, a year later, since I first began my weight loss journey, I feel like this whole new person who just exudes confidence because I had this big goal in mind, but I didn't go out and join a million fitness programs or hire a personal trainer or do the keto diet for a year straight. I just tried new things and made consistent baby steps in the right direction. And the same is true for how my marriage became healthier too. Last year, my goal was to make our marriage sexier and richer than ever, and I really did mean that. Our sex life was struggling. I didn't feel like we were connecting, but I dared to dream of having this unbelievably satisfying, amazing, sexy, loving marriage, even with two kids under the age of three. I had this dream, but then I had to get to work. I started taking those consistent baby steps in the right direction. We went on more dates. We found new ways to connect at home. We we had more intentional conversations. I, I initiated physical touch. I initiated kisses and hugs. I would invite him to listen to podcasts with me that we could laugh at and enjoy together. I was open to new sex positions. And then when it came time to take an even bigger step, we started going to marriage counseling and that became our new consistent baby step that we came to expect every other week. And through all of this, all of these choices, all of these consistent steps, our marriage grew healthier and stronger and sexier, but it didn't happen overnight or because of some big crazy thing I chose to do. It really was because of the little things that added up and changed the atmosphere in our home. So often there are things in our lives that we wish would just be instantly better. We want the overnight success. We want to shed all the weight with minimal effort. We want to wake up one day with an entirely new, amazing marriage. But as great as it is to want those things, there's no way we'll ever be able to achieve them if we don't have respect and appreciation for the process and if we don't commit to making those small, consistent baby steps on a daily basis. So a practical way to make this one of your daily practices is to either use something like the Start Today Journal from Rachel Hollis or just grab any notebook and start writing down your big goals and dreams, but also the micro goals and the micro steps that can help get you there. Because when you break it down into into those mini steps, it really does feel more attainable and it also holds you accountable so that you don't just sit around waiting for the dream to come true. It reminds you that there are little actions you can be taking every single week if not every single day to get you to where you want to be and again when we talk about empowerment and the difference between the world's idea of empowerment and then God's idea of empowerment I want to be sure to remind you that you are not alone in this process and that God himself ultimately has a far better story that he's writing for you than you could ever write yourself and if you have these goals or you have this vision of who you'd like to become or what you'd like your life to become What is most important is that you continue to bring these things back to him. Bring it back to scripture. Are your dreams aligned with what he might have planned for you? Are you praying? Are you seeking discernment? Are you open to being redirected? Like I've had to be redirected many times this past year, both in my goals for my business and my goals for our family. 
because the ultimate goal isn't to achieve some sort of amazing life for yourself, although that is something that we all want. What really is the ultimate goal is this life that best glorifies and honors him. That is the best use of the power he has given us. That is the best use of the freedom that Christ has secured for us. And that is also the best use of any amount of confidence or empowerment we might have as moms. I am rooting for you guys. I am cheering you on. And I really do mean it when I say that I cannot wait to see what God has in store for us all.